welcome back, Granada family, back to Studio 511. This is Grabbing Life by the Horns. I'm Mr. Marine. And I'm Mr. Avila. We are so glad to be back with y'all. Uh, hopefully you had a restful and fun spring break. Uh, and you made good choices. You shined your light. You made your parents proud. Good choices um, all around. Yeah, good choices. Uh, so we are back. We're excited to be back. This is episode 13 now. And sitting across from us is someone that you would all be familiar with. It is our principal, Mr. Matthew Hart. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, we uh, will talk to you a lot today, but we we're going to do a couple housekeeping items before we get started. Can I say really, hold on for a Go second. ahead. All right. How often, how often in life, if somebody says, hey, how's it going? How often do you answer that honestly? Um, probably 60% of the time. <laughs> See, I, I'm more of like maybe like a 50-50. Um, I actually learned this from a guy in college that he would, if you'd ask him, hey, how's your day going? He would give you step by step the day. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it was great. You know, I woke up this morning about eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I, I went down, got some food, and then I decided to go change uh, my clothes. And he would just go through the whole thing. And so I really <laughs> appreciated that. Yeah. How, how often when you ask, how's it going, are you interested in an honest response? Um, probably the same, 60% of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. About 50 50. So where where are you at? Ma- you just have to hope they match. Yeah. yeah. Where are you at? I would say I'm genuinely interested in how people are doing, and I, I sort of I hope for an honest response and expect expect none of that. <laughs> Never, you know, maybe yeah, sure, half the time or less. I would actually think, but yeah, what that means is that we're giving them people are asking for something and we're giving it to them like half the time or less. <laughs> I said sixty percent, ten percent more than half the time. Yeah, it's always depending upon the I response. Think you're above the curve on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say if it's somebody that I haven't seen for a while, and I say, "How are you doing?" Like I really, honestly care about how they're doing. Sure. So mm-hmm. I think if it's somebody I see all the time, like like Mr. Villa right here, it's like, "How are you doing?" I'm good. Good. Yeah. This is great. We've just we just created about two minutes that people will skip without consequence. <laughs> Maybe. Chip. You know what? Uh, the, the listeners, the horn grabbers, as we like to call them, the uh, they, they actually voted for their own name. They, they like to, to hear more banter. So mm-hmm. I think that's good. So thanks. Thanks, Mr. Hart. We appreciate that. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items. Number one is uh, we are over 950 plays total, um, which means that next week when we come to you with uh, the next episode, we are going to be at that 1,000 play mark. I'm going to bring a slide whistle. I'm going to bring a slide whistle, maybe some like uh, confetti poppers. I want to make noise on the podcast because you guys can't see us. Um, so some some sort of awesome noise. Uh, how many episodes in are you? 13. Uh, this, this is 13 yeah. today. Well, it's remarkable how quickly you guys have become like a... Like a like a Wednesday morning drive show. It's yeah. Conk like, <laughs> Hey, that, that was my goal. Yeah, I, I, I only took thirteen episodes before you break out the cheap audio gimmicks. Yes, we're growing, absolutely. We're growing right before your very eyes. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping to get like a full like uh, you know uh, little audio you know button thing that I can Just press and make little noises. Endless noise effects. Yes, I, I want that. Uh-huh. I, I really want that. Maybe season two we will uh, we will splurge and go get a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll buy, buy it with my own money. I don't care. <laughs> um, so so thank you, listeners, horn grabbers. We're almost at a thousand plays. That's exciting. Um, we'll hit that this week for sure. Um, uh, shout out uh, errors, omissions. Shout out shout out to my mom. My mom, uh, I told her that we had this podcast going since the beginning, and she just would not listen. And I finally figured out after about six weeks, 
she didn't know how to set up the podcast on on her uh, phone to get it going through her car. So once I I told her how to do that, now she's listened to seven or eight episodes. So thanks, mom. Thanks awesome. for being a listener. Way to go, I appreciate man. you, Mom. Yeah, good for you. Uh, any shout-outs, Arizona Missions, uh, Mr. Villa? No, nothing today. No, okay. nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into our, our first segment, um, which is what has impressed you lately and what has underwhelmed you. Um, so, J.D., you want to start us off? Yeah, definitely. Um, tapered pants have really impressed me lately. <laughs> um, if that's sweatpants or actually uh, like my dress pants, uh, the, the, the legs are a little bit tapered. I've never really had a pair of these. And so just more recently within the last year, I had some tapered sweatpants, got a pair of, uh, of tapered uh, just kind of dress pants. I'm loving them. I think they, they start to fit me really well, a little bit more comfortable. Um, and uh, so I've really enjoyed tapered pants. I think I, I have two pairs. I got a pair of sweatpants, pair of dress pants. I think those are going to be increasing in my wardrobe. Um, so more tapered pants, but yeah, they've impressed me lately. Uh, I like that call because for me and you who both have kind of like a wider lower trunk area, mm-hmm. um, you still get, you know, good, good, um, breathability in the thighs, but then they taper down at the calf. So mm-hmm. uh, I do like that, that call. That's a really good call right yeah. there. That, my only slight, uh, like hesitation with that is that I have some larger calves too. And so the taperedness does get affected with the calves. So I do have to kind of same problem kind of slide those through, but same problem I, I'll, I'll live with that for the comfortability and, <laughs> and the style. I love it. Uh, what has impressed me? Well, I just got back from uh, Hawaii over spring break, and I got to tell you, macadamia nuts are amazing. They're I had them on everything. I had macadamia nuts on sushi. I had a macadamia nut tart. I brought back um, probably 15 boxes of those chocolate macadamia nuts. I had macadamia nut crust on my fish. Like I had macadamia nut pizza uh, with macadamia nut uh, pesto. It was uh, amazing. So um, macadamia nuts, I'm really into them. I think they're my number one uh, nut, and then under there would probably be pistachios. Um, but macadamia nuts, whew, that I, has impressed me. I think a very underrated nut, and I don't think a lot of people have access to macadamia nuts. So right. um, yeah, if you have a chance, they're expensive. They are. But, but go out and get you some. But some apparently macadamia. in Hawaii, they just throw them at you. Oh, yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a macadamia nut waffle with coconut-flavored um, syrup. Oh. I had that three times. It was delicious. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Mr. Hart, anything that's impressed you this week? Our softball team has impressed me. Oh, yeah. They are they are studly. Those ladies are awesome. Yep. Yeah. I sneak out sometimes and kind of when when they're home, I'll, I'll sneak out and kind of watch them from 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 the back, and uh, they're amazing. And then they they won the Livermore Stampede, and I just I think sometimes we have a we have these just very, very competitive teams that might go under the radar a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think softball is one of them. They're, they're unbelievable. By the way, I love, um, tournament names like the stamp, the Livermore stampede. That's yeah. just a cool tournament name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Great name. Um, so, okay. Livermore softball. Way to go guys. Yeah, we go ladies. Ladies. Granada softball. Did I say Livermore? You I'm did. so sorry. That's okay. Well, I'm I sure said Livermore Stampede. I'm sure our friends at Livermore have an amazing softball team, but I'm no. speaking specifically to Livermore softball. No, <laughs> or to Granada. Granada softball. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Granada softball. Way to go, ladies. Keep it up. Yeah. Um, what has underwhelmed you, Mr. Vela? Um, I would say YouTube has <laughs> underwhelmed me lately. You're going to have to explain that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, just some, uh, some of my children's kind of viewing pieces, they've started to kind of grasp onto YouTube, and my wife and I have had to kind of really curtail that usage and kind of direct them into other areas. But just the content that they're, that they're watching, it's not like 
completely inappropriate, but it's just strange. It's different. It's weird. And some of the things that I'm like, why are you watching this? And so we've had to put a big kibosh to um, some of the content that they're watching. In fact, pointing them to other uh, other streaming services to where, yeah, you're not watching that anymore. So the the stuff on YouTube, I know there's great content out there, but there's also a lot of terrible content. On you know, there. that brings us back to episode one with Conover. I brought up that YouTube shows with, with Harper are underwhelming. Yeah. She watches shows of kids play with toys that she has. I'm like, just go play with the toy yourself. I yeah. don't get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, YouTube with kids, uh, big thumbs down. Yeah, big thumbs down. Um, what's underwhelmed me this week um, or last week? Going back to Hawaii, we were at the Disney Alani Resort, and I'm going to bring this back again. I know that I've said this, uh, I think, in episode three. Um, Disney shaved ice, enough. It is underwhelming. It is ridiculously overpriced. It is ice with syrup. It melts immediately. I'm, I, I've had enough of it. Disney shaved ice. I mean, luckily, uh, the Disney on ice that we went to was $22. Luckily, in Hawaii, it was only $6. But because Hawaii is more humid, it melted immediately. My daughter dropped hers immediately after uh, she got it and started crying, um, which made me laugh. Um, but we got her we got her another one, so like I'm not a terrible person. Um, but Disney shaved ice, I'm really, really. I mean, let's let's just say shaved ice in general. It's just it's that's stupid. what I was going to ask. It's I didn't stupid. know if there was something worse about Disney shaved ice. Shaved ice in general is it's stupid. A, is a terrible dessert. Yeah, idea or whatever it is, snack or whatever it is. Give me an ice cream. Give me that, any sort of ice cream over a, a shaved ice. Yeah. Um, Sorbet is superior to ice cream. Ooh. Whoa. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> what flavor? I, I'm a, uh, this is more of a taste. I think sorbet is objectively better than ice cream. But just taste-wise, uh, I'm a fan of citrusy flavors. So I like, like lime and lemon and orange. Okay. I can get down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's underwhelmed you, Mr. Art? All right, I'll do two things. Ooh. One, I know it's passe to talk about the weather, but uh, <laughs> so, um, but but the this this like little spittle type rain that we get it just drives me crazy. I don't mind the rain, but I just I want it. I want it to like storm. You want it right. to commit? I do. Right. I don't. I when I look out the window and I have to go get the mail, I want to be like, I can't go get the mail. Like, <laughs> look at this storm. I don't want to be like, fine, I'll go get the mail and just you know, and it's just. It's just spittle on your neck, and it's just, it, it just, incon- it just makes the world uncomfortable. Yeah. But doesn't really, it doesn't even really give us the rain we need. That's you know, I mean, I'm surprised it rains anymore at all. It feels like it never rains anymore ever. So there's that. Um, also, this is going back maybe a few weeks, but uh, I was going to say uh, because something reminded me of it today, so it's on my mind. Uh, the book of Boba Fett was terrible. All right. <laughs> The book Do you know, Boba- like any of the episodes, or? I think not a single one. Well, maybe I mean some were less bad than others, but some of it was like the worst. I say, hey, I like Star Wars. I like the Mandalorian. I think like all that's been fun. It was probably the worst Star Wars thing I've ever seen, and that includes the prequels. It has some of the most <laughs> embarrassing moments in any Star Wars thing ever. That ridiculous scooter fight in the middle episodes. <laughs> haven't seen it. Embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing. I was confused by the series too, or by the book of Boba Fett. Well, and the show hated itself yeah. because <laughs> at a certain point, it just stops being, at a certain point, the show realizes this show stinks. Let's go to a different show. And it just becomes, it just becomes the Mandalorian again. Mm-hmm. For like two episodes, Boba Fett like isn't in it. And the show just goes, let's go follow this other show that's better. Huh. So like when a show gets disgusted by itself, it just becomes a different show for a while. 
you know it's a bad show. Is it the same director? Isn't it John Favreau is, is doing those or you know I'm not I'm not sure who's okay. running everything or whatever. I just know it's that just bad. It's so it's so bad though. I don't I know people have said they didn't really like it. I, I actually don't think that people have really reckoned with how terrible it is that it's it's a real assault on So is it taste. worse is it worse than um, the show that you watched uh, way back in the day Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> no, Sleepy Hollow is not a bad show. So yes, it was worse. Than, <laughs> Come on, Hart. Yes, it was worse than Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow was was a. You never watched Sleepy Hollow, so you don't know. I saw the previews. And it, was, <laughs> it was stupid. Well, those, those were and those were bad advertisements. But that's not the show. That show is a work of art. Okay, so Sleepy Hollow is above uh, Boba Fett. Oh, okay. far above. Okay. <laughs> well. Uh, lots of opinions, yes. lots of opinions mm-hmm. in our impressed and underwhelmed. Uh, we are now going to uh, move and shift gears into learning more about Mr. Hart here. So uh, JD is going to take it away with talking to you about your journey, how you got here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, first thing we like to open up with is just asking about uh, your journey to the city of Livermore. How did you come and settle the city of Livermore? Was your family here? Uh, what was that journey like for you? I'm from the Central Valley originally, from the Fresno, Madera area. Um, I actually grew up on like a small farm in Madera. Uh, and then later on, we sort of moved to the suburbs of Madera, moved around a little bit, um, ended up in the, uh, I went to Clovis West High School in, in Fresno and, uh, and lived in the suburbs sort of north of, of the Fresno area. And then I went to Fresno State for college and got my credential there. When I was looking for places, my, my fiance at the time, my, my wife now, we were sort of thinking about, well, where, where do we want to go and sort of, you know, make a, make a life. And we knew we kind of wanted to leave that area. So my, I had an I had a advisor at this time, this advisor named Rick Hansen. He's a really great guy, and he had a fiance whose best friend worked here. Her name was Cheryl Hauser. She was a vice principal here. So he said, "Well, hey, let's kind of connect you." And I came, and I, I did like a not an interview, but like a pre, like a sort of tour of the campus, and learned a little bit about it. Um, at the time, Granada High School had this thing called the block schedule, and I loved it. I thought it was perfect for what I, I loved felt it too. Like, yeah, I thought it was perfect for what I felt like my teaching was probably going to end up being. Uh, and I, I liked Granada, and so uh, so I I I had. To, I had to, like all English teachers, I kind of had to like really, you know, sort of compete against a lot of other English teachers for the job. Actually, I remember the time it was super stressful because I was turning down job offers while waiting for Granada to answer. Oh, wow. uh, and so, but, but, the, but that gamble paid off, I think, because I, you know, I, did, I did get hired and, and, and came here. And so I've, I've been here. That was 1999. I've been here since. Where did you live uh, when you first moved here? I lived in uh, Meadowbrook Apartments right there off Marietta. I actually oh, didn't yeah. own a car when I came here, so I just walked to school every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't live too far from there. I'm just down Marietta a little bit further, and mm-hmm. I probably should do that. I probably should ride my bike or walk to school. Well, you I'm got just, the trail there, too, right? Uh, I mean, you could hit the Isabel Trail, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's just far enough to where it would be annoying to walk to school every day. Yeah. But I probably should every once in a while just work that in. Well, I remember like even just like moving into my classroom and just me like walking boxes like you know across or under through the just one box a day just yeah, 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 just walking it over and yeah anyway so uh, what what class were you in when you first started here one hundred one one hundred one currently at Gresham's classroom yeah mm-hmm. that was back in the day when it was actually a real hallway yes um, yeah yeah we had like an office inside. Okay. And then what other rooms uh, have you been in? Uh, I was in, I moved out of 101 into a, a, a portable for one year, a portable that no longer exists, but um, it was basically where our current pool is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that one year, and I spent most of my time in your room, Mr. Marine, uh, room 511. 
Yeah. Um, that was where I spent all the way up until I was done teaching. Yeah, you decided to, to move on and, and do admin stuff, and I swooped on this room. And now we're in studio. I call it Studio 511. Yeah, uh, this, it looks really nice in here. Yeah, I, I just want uh, the listeners to know. How, when I, how nice it was and when you, it was when you came in and how well I prepared it for you? Well, uh, <laughs> the, the exact opposite. I, I want the listeners to know when I when I came into this room, the main room was, was exactly how it looks. But um, this room we're sitting in, Studio 511, um, had, had an old couch from, I think, uh, you know, 1950, um, and a bunch of old filing cabinets from uh, probably the 70s. Um, and I basically just told Raul, the custodian, I was like, I'm going to take everything in this room and I'm going to put it outside and you can burn it. Um, <laughs> and we started over. And then the table we're, we're using right now was from uh, the conference room. That's a good table. Yeah, it, it was gross in here. I am going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to defend myself a little okay. bit and just say that it was an improvement over what it was. So when I, when I took over this sort of space and there's a, you know, there's this backspace that's now a, an office. Mm-hmm. But at the time that wasn't an office, that was like a collect that used to be the English department office. In fact, this whole classroom used to be an English department office, like a long, like 30 years ago or 40 years ago or something. Yeah. Anyway. So the, the back office area that it connects to was, there was all these like cubicles in there and it was, it was, there was stuff, there were like, there were like, I mean, everything was left over from like the wild and woolly sixties, and so <laughs> there were like there were like um, create diaries left over and all these like hilarious. Uh, one thing I still have in my office, which is a um, like a how to stretch when you're sitting at a desk things <laughs> as these like graphics <laughs> of somebody. I know this is an audio medium, but right now I'm sort of doing funny stretches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and I mean, it was just, it was, so I, I spent a lot of time just cleaning up that whole area. Okay. And some of it was like, well, what do I do with these giant file cabinets now that I've made this? At the time I, sh- I made it, I tried to make it like a computer lab. Yeah, I remember but Way that. before we had like Chromebooks and stuff. And so, uh, so then I took some of that stuff. I couldn't, like, I can't just throw out a file cabinet. And so I, I brought it into this room. I think I may have used it a little bit, but anyway, so yeah, it was, it was trash and you've made it look a, a lot better, but I will, <laughs> but I will say it was, it was less trashy than it was when I moved in. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it to you. So, so you did the preliminary cleaning and then I kind of finished off the rest. Yes. I got you. Right. If I can go back a little bit, I'm curious, uh, was teaching always a, a journey for you? Like something that you always wanted to take on and specifically English as well. Uh, was that something that you've always had interest in or how'd you get into teaching? I, I went to college thinking I was going to be a journalist. Uh, in high school, I, I, I really enjoyed um, writing for the newspaper and I, I did, I did pretty well. I won like an award one year. And so, um, when I went to college, then I started doing work for the paper immediately. I started doing classes, and, I, and then I, there was a daily newspaper at my, at my school called the Daily Collegian. And so I, I, uh, I started working for them. And within about six months, I realized I, I actually don't want to do journalism <laughs> at all. Like it's, I still I love it, but I just knew it wasn't really – wasn't, once I really got into it as an everyday practice, I knew it, it wasn't what I would be happy doing. So – I wasn't really sure kind of what I want to do. And, and then what happened is uh, I'd always been I'd always been a big reader just personally. And so uh, I, I worked in the summer for a, uh, a YMCA summer camp. And uh, and that was when I start, first I was working with teenagers. Uh, they gave me all the sort of older kids. And I, I sort of realized I, I think I might have a talent for this and I really enjoy it. And so I sort of combined that with uh, my love of reading and writing and said, well, uh, teaching actually seems really interesting. And that was when I shifted over. So that was my sophomore year of college. Okay. And then from there on, yeah. Yeah. Um, some Granada experiences, because uh, you have been here in a, in a bunch of different capacities as an English teacher, um, as a vice principal, and now as the principal. Um, can you talk to us just like over the years you've been here, like what are, what are some things you've seen that have changed? Um, 
for the good, for the uh, for the bad, what, what, whatever that might be. The thing I love sharing with people is that this this campus when I started, and I think I think it might have been this way when you were here, but um, this this campus used to be teal. I don't think people realize that this oh, campus the trim, yeah. <laughs> was this campus had like a dual tone. So it was, there was on every building, every single, there was um, like a shark's teal color and it was the, it was sort of four feet up from the ground. I still have the teal in my classroom. Yeah. Well, you can <laughs> find hints of it in places. If you want to see what it looked like, if you're anybody's listening to this, if you're in the quad one day and you sort of look up at the, uh, at the rain gutters on like the two and 300 hall, you can see where some of it's like chipped away and it's revealed that <laughs> the teal underneath uh, it's breaking <laughs> back through. And occasionally, sometimes you'll maybe enter an interior space where mm-hmm. it, it sort of, you know, like the exterior became the interior color and you'll sort of see these old, these marks of old teal. So that was the whole campus was. It was teal with like an I- ivory over as, as once it was over the teal above that, over, all the way up to the ceiling would be like ivory or the roof. Uh, so <laughs> I think it looks a lot better. I'm not always, I, I do, and people are going to see actually in the next month um, how I'm going to try. I, I, I am... I'm bothered sometimes by what I call like just the massive just block of beige all over campus. It's just beige <laughs> everywhere. And there's these huge walls with just nothing but beige. And that kind of bothers me. There's very little of our like, you know, our cool branding. Right. Um, and I'm going to, you know, people are going to see in the next month, we're going to get some stuff in that changes that and I think really improves it. But exciting. even that giant block of beige is, is better. <laughs> it's just one of those things you look at and you're like, we know styles change over time, but it's just inconceivable the the teal was something that we're like man that's that looks excellent on top of how ugly teal is also the school is black and gold right like, and it made, shoes it, teal. Made, it made it made no sense and there's various i'm not actually sure why it was painted teal there's like various stories and it's unclear as to as to what what the, my favorite goes that it was just like military surplus paint okay oh, that makes sense hey yeah. whatever so they were like Went down to Dom's real quick and got picked up the teal paint and we got a pink Granada here. I think that story is unlikely, but it's funny. It's I love that favorite. story. That's a rumor I'm going to start to spread. So, <laughs> so that, I mean, the look of campus has, has vastly improved. I mean, we are, a, you know, there's a great history behind Granada, but we are an aging campus and we, sure. we sort of face various challenges that in that way. But the look of campus is just so, so different. And it's now starting to match our size a little bit because really our yeah. size is far bigger than the school was ever intended to be. And I think, you know, I, anybody who's, you know, who's heard me talk about, for example, like the athletics complex. I mean, we now, we we did not have an athletics area that matched the quality of our programs. We, totally. our, our, our programs consistently overperform, you know, kind of based on our resources and our size and our placement on the 58680 corridor. We overperform all the time, but our, our but we didn't have. I mean, we used to have weights like going through the weight room floor, like yeah. literally falling through the floor. And I lived in just I lived in yearly fear that our stands were going to collapse during graduation, <laughs> and and uh, you know, and our pool was just like a laughing stock. And so now, now I mean, I think thanks to just the generosity of the community and the great planning of you know our our, our friends and colleagues at the district office, we have in the in in our school and the the people who have been involved in planning, we now have facilities that really, really match the quality of the programs. And I think work for, you know, match the work of the athletes and the coaches and everybody who sort of puts yeah. stuff into that. So just the look and the ability of campuses is so vastly improved from what it used to be. And we have, we have plans to continue with that. Yeah. Um, so the uh, athletics facility that we, you just talked about, that's awesome. The weight room and all the, the new stuff we have there. Um, there is like black and, and gold painting in that. Was that was that your choosing? Was that purposeful? Yeah, you said no teal. 
No one, well, I didn't, that wasn't a tough argument. No one, no one, no one argued for teal. No beige. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think that, I mean, they didn't come to me and say, what, what, what color should we paint this? They did run, um, they sort of ran design stuff by us. And I was like, yeah, that looks good. I mean, I'm not a design expert, but you know, I sort of said, yeah, that it's not teal. So thumbs up. Yeah. Um, being here in Granada, you started here at 99-2000, and you taught English for how long before you made the shift to administration? 16 years. You were 16 years. Um, as you think about kind of your time as a teacher, you have any highs, any lows, uh, any sort of kind of in-between stories that would be worth sharing for our listeners? Oh, man. I'm sure well, I'm gonna, I'll probably come up. It's one of those where, like, tonight I'm going to kick myself for remembering a story that was amazing, right. and I forget it now. But, um, I mean, I, obviously, I, I think just most – clearly about the students during that time and, you know, and, and groups of students, students that are sort of students that later became, you know, friends and colleagues and, or students that just, you know, were, were just amazing and groups of students that were, that we'd sort of worked with. And, you know, and that, I think that's what, what comes to, to mind sort of most, most immediately. Um, all the, some of the stories, you know, I don't have to go through it. Maureen, you've heard me tell. What story should I tell about? Some <laughs> about, of them, some about are like students. naughty and probably not. You know, <laughs> yeah, for a podcast. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of ones that maybe wouldn't be, wouldn't be good to put on a recorded show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or just a funny moment that happened in a classroom. I don't know if you have any. Uh... All right, I'll I'll do one that I can clean up the language so it sort of <laughs> straddles the line. I remember this <laughs> this one time. I think I gave like a I think I gave like a vocabulary test or something. Which, by the way, was something. Don't. Was, since I have my microphone in front of my yeah, face here. Yeah, go for it. Vocabulary. It's, vocabulary development is super important. Vocabulary lists, we should rethink these. Okay, just there's, there's a ton of research like, eh, people, people have working vocabularies of like anywhere from like 10 to 12,000 words and like less than 1% of that was developed from like vocabulary reading lists, mm-hmm. you know? So just as a, de- as a vocabulary development tool, it's inefficient. You hear that listeners? Uh, you know, tell your teachers vocab lists don't work. Yes, I, that's fine. I'm, I'm saying hard doesn't like vocabulary list, but anyway, uh, okay. So I gave them a like I was a bad teacher, so I gave them a vocabulary list <laughs> and a test, and I think they didn't do well, right? And so um, it was it was one of those things where it's like they didn't do it was like a mass not doing well, and they didn't care or something. So I was in one hundred one at the time, and one hundred one at the time had these huge windows all across the like north wall of it. Mm-hmm. I think it still does maybe yeah. those yeah, yeah. door. It didn't have the door at the time. Anyway, so. Um, I was like, you know, I kind of read them the riot act. And I was like, look, you, you got to put some effort into this. And I, you're coming back in after school today. We, at the time, we had this time built in after school that was for students, sort of like ACE, but every day. And people right. were supposed to come back and do work. So I was like, you're coming back after school today. And, and you're going you're gonna to study for this test in between. You're going to do better, you know. And so, they, you know, and so after school, they came back and they all came in and just they were like sort of properly chastened and serious. And everybody sits down. <laughs> And so there was at the t- there was a tree there's a tree outside there now but it looked different at the time it was sort of much wider it basically spanned the whole that big window sort of spanned the whole thing. <laughs> I just remember every I put the I take the I put the test on everybody's desk and we're all sort of like facing kind of towards that direction and two squirrels. <laughs> oh, I know, I know this one. Let's just say let's just say the squirrels were very fond of each other. <laughs> They were very amorously inclined. In the tree here? Oh, and right smack dab in the center of like the whole window area. (laughs) And uh, everyone just, their kids were like screaming and it was, it was, it was horrible. (laughs) And look, I'm, you know, whatever, like I'm no prude, but it's just like, I had this whole careful, like 
you know, this like feeling of like, I'm going to study now set up and it was just ruined by these two stupid squirrels. And like, <laughs> it just went on for like ever. And one girl was like, go throw a rock at them. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and, yeah, that's about there's that, yeah, that's about where I'm gonna end that story. Yeah. I don't know, it's just it's sort of ruined. I, I I told the story. I told the students, you know, I just forget it, just go home. Right. Like, the also, whole, they didn't do the vocabulary. No, so, the yeah, movie was just ruined. <laughs> I was like, what are we? I don't learn anything. Like, I feel like every teacher, every teacher's home. had that moment where like you're trying to make that that statement, and then something like that happens, and and you lost it. Yeah, you, you completely lost. <laughs> Now that I think about it, actually, a lot of my stories are squirrel centered. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember like three or four years in, there was a squirrel that had no hair. There was like running around out there. It was this <laughs> it was like a bald squirrel. bald squirrel. I don't know why, but he was like everywhere. Some people would like look for the bald squirrel and he was, he was terrifying looking. And so, <laughs> uh, If I can we, give a shout out to Sully. I was, was going to say, speaking of squirrels. was a squirrel that lived in my wife's classroom mm. for a handful of days. Yeah. And my wife felt so bad that she left little nuts and a cup of water for it. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, like, no, we're not giving this a <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah. So, but we had Sully in her classroom for about a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in this room, 5'11", I came back from the summer one time and I <laughs> came in and it looked like there'd been like a like a velociraptor in my classroom. There were like scratches all along the oh, walls wow. and my, my cables had all been chewed up and stuff. And I, I found out later there had been a squirrel trapped in my classroom. Oh, just they, trying to get out? Just well, freaking I don't know. Out. Or, just, or just came in to throw things around, you know? And I don't know. <laughs> Is that same squirrel in the window? He yeah. was like, you you ruined my mojo. Might have been. It's a different room, but it might have been. Or, you know, a descendant. And then, uh, <laughs> and then later as admin, I noticed one time that there was... There were, I got some, I don't know what the radio call was. It was basically like, hey, can we get some help in the gym? And so the whole gym's like cleared out and I go in and Tom Graham's like chasing the squirrel around. The squirrel won't leave. <laughs> and so I go out, we were trying to like trap the squirrel. I, th- and I'll just tell you right now, the squirrel is probably the, it was the LeBron James of squirrels. Like, <laughs> it was the most six ath- foot five. It was the most athletically talented squirrel. And it climbed. Because <laughs> at one point I'm like, you know what, that's it. And I like full sprint you know, after the squirrel. And so he's like, <laughs> he's looking at he, to escape me. He leaps up the wall and he grabs the banners and wow. he climbs. I mean, it's like, that's 20, high it's up, like 25 yeah. feet, 30 feet tall or something. And he climbs all the way up. And then I kid you, ask Ms. Ha. He, I kid you not. He like kicks off and does like a backflip down. He hits like a, there's the portable basketball hoop. He hits uh-huh. like a portable basketball hoop on the way down. It sort of slows him down. He hits the floor. He stands up. He like, you know, flips me the bird and then runs off. And then, and so that was another one. And then during the time of the pandemic, uh, the animal kingdom was emboldened by the lack of, of, of teenagers on this campus. And so <laughs> it was very much like a, I just, I would walk this every day cause I would walk around campus and look at the, you know, the desolate post-apocalyptic right. isolation of it all. <laughs> and I uh, walk in between it every day, just the squirrels. You know when you run, the squirrels see and they sort of move along or they kind of yeah. keep their distance, but they, they just stopped doing that. And then I'd walk like the aisle in between the one and the 200 halls. They would like, they'd sort of get closer <laughs> to the oh. sidewalk every day. And they were just looking and I could tell. I could tell this was like a this was this was an assertion of dominance. They were they, forming a charge. They were they were <laughs> they were looking. They were like, "This is our place now." Yeah, oh, I think little man. They no, told me squirrels are <laughs> squirrels are brave. I remember I went to a camp at Sac State, mm-hmm. and the squirrels there were not fearful of anyone. <laughs> Same idea is you would walk up to them, and they would just turn, look at you, and they mm-hmm. would stand on their hind legs and just kind of pose and just be like, "What are you going to do? Right? Wow. What are you going to do?" Yeah, that was Those, very much the attitude of the squirrels yeah. here while teenagers were gone. 
they yeah there was a it was an attitude of defiance <laughs> and disruption it was a violation of ed code 48900 i had no hold over them they squirrels so thankfully students came back and and tamed them for me you, you know what i appreciate about this episode so far we we asked mr hart hey tell us about you know granada like through the years and we spent 15 minutes talking about squirrels <laughs> i didn't really realize until we started talking about this is the power of uh, uh this is the the the, the power of narrative, right? Is one thing leads to another, and how much of how much of Granada for me is defined by the squirrel by population? Squirrels. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a. Uh, did you ever hear of back in the 1910s or 20s or something? There was this movement called the Chautauqua movement. You ever hear about that? I've never heard. It's sort of in the New York area, and you can find like Chautauqua Park in some some places. Actually, in all 50 states, I think there's a Chautauqua Chautauqua Park. I'm not. I'm, I don't hear anything. anything. You're you're okay. Keep going. Okay, it'll, it'll pop in. Okay, so there's a. I think in all 50 states, there's a Chautauqua Park, and the these were there was a in the in the 20s there was this movement called the Chautauqua movement. And the purpose, people would get up at these like sort of lecterns and they would just talk. There was like no speech. It was like a speech, but an unplanned speech. And the whole point of it was to like say one thing that led to another, led to another. So like you sort of came to this point of self-realization and everybody would like clap for you. And that was the Chautauqua movement. So anyway, that's a little bit of what my whole stupid anecdote <laughs> is. That's what this has become for me is I've, I have a squirrel. This is my Chautauqua and I've come to meaning through my ramblings about my memories of squirrels. I know we don't have vocabulary lists, but I'm adding that one to my <laughs> vocabulary. Chautauqua. Okay. C-H-A, I think T-A-U-Q-U-A, or maybe there's a U right before that T, but anyway. Chautauqua. Wow. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know how we got to tell us about Granada to Chautauqua movement. Yeah. No, no. Again, one thing leads to another. Well, sometimes I think we should bring back the Chautauqua movement. <laughs> okay. Well, sometimes it's in TikTok a little bit like that or other social media forums in, in, sure. in much briefer form and not as formal and not as sort of a rigid or whatever. But it's a lot, I, I find like TikTok is a lot of like people looking and explaining or illuminating something, you know? Maybe mm -hmm. it's lacking the sort of like unplanned come to meaning just by sort of saying things uh, rule. It's, I guess you're talking, it's sort of like the, uh, the verbal version of free writing, right? Where you just sort of write and then eventually yeah. you're supposed to just kind of come to something. Uh, so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe TikTok is more planned than that. So maybe that's, uh, that's a bad comparison. Yeah. That so, part gets deleted, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's stupid. Uh, high schoolers are going to take that and run with it. Hey, I do TikTok because I'm trying to bring back the Chautauqua. Yeah. yeah. I'm all, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, well, let's <laughs> shift gears here. Um, uh, we talked about Granada. We talked about how you got here. Um, a, a greatest challenge in your life has there been like a a, a a tough challenge for you in your life, and and has that shaped you in any way? Has has anything come up in your life that you've had to kind of, you know, an, an obstacle you've had to hurdle over to to get to where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, the the story I I've, and I've shared this before, and like humans of Granada is. Uh, uh, you know, I came, I came out of, I, my, like my home life was not great. Right. I had, I had an abusive stepfather. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just, you know, it seems weird because people know and think of me now. Right. But, but, um, but I was like a mess in high school. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was, I say like, as I was intelligent, but not smart. Um, I didn't really know how to do school. You know, I didn't, I, I read a lot on my own cause I just always, I just always have. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but you know, homework was like not a thing that I sort of did you know, very regularly, and and so uh, I just I wasn't you know I, I I excelled in things that I found relevant and that I cared about, but you know the rest I was pretty I was pretty quick and pretty good at, at sort of at dismissing, and so I had no, um, and you know my friends you know, I think I sometimes tell people is you get friends that are 
like you, right? Mm -hmm. You get friends with similar tastes. And uh, now when I look back, uh, you know, what my friends, and I loved my friends. I love that. I still, I, I, and I love, I love them dearly, but um, actually one time went back and I sort of like count like my, my 10 best friends and I sort of feel like what happened to them, right? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, two of them are dead and, oh. you know, seven of them never graduated from high school. And, and uh, you know, so I sort of feel like, well, if you get friends that are kind of in some ways like you, it's like, well, I had a 20% chance of just not being here, right? right, there were, right. I mean, there are times where like, that's, that was the case. Like there are times when, when if something had gone differently, then there'd be a different Mr. Hart as principal of the school, right? So, um, so then we get to the end of, of high. This is why I tell people actually, and it sounds corny, but like reading saved my life. Like literally, it saved my mm. life because, and it was it was just by you know luck or grace or whatever. Um, but what happened is I got I took AP Lit in high school because I like to read, and I took it and I passed the test. When I got to the end of high school, I was like, what do I want to do? And I didn't really know. And I was like, well, I was, I was, it was literally like, well, I might as well go to college, you know, like because I, I had five credits, <laughs> you know. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll go to college. And you know, I had done newspaper stuff, and so I was like, well, I'll go. Like I said, I'll go and study to be a to be a journalist. So mm. I didn't know what I was going to do, but the next year I just sort of I went and I applied to different stuff, and because actually because I'd done well in journalism, I, I kind of got some offers but I couldn't afford anything. My parents didn't, I, my parents weren't paying for anything and mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really have guidance or anything. So when I put, I went to Fresno state, um, but I, I had to put myself through school all four years of school. And, um, you know, there, what I, I worked some jobs early on, but they were, they were, I hated them. I hated, I hated the service jobs and, but I was, I was, you know, caring for myself. Mm. So, I, I decide. I quit them. I decided. Early, I decided about spring of my freshman year. Look, if I'm going to pay for college, I'm going to do it right, and that means not dividing my time. I, I obviously I have to work and live, but I'm going to. What I promised myself at that time is I'm never going to work a job again unless I like it, mm -hmm. right? Unless unless it's, even if it's not my career, it has to like in some way lead to that or be interesting or desirable. So I did a lot of work for the paper, um, which you get got paid to do, even though I knew that it sort of my it wasn't my career, but I kept doing work all the way through college mm -hmm. um, so that I could pay for stuff. I took summer jobs like for the YMCA and I would do other sort of spot jobs. But what that also meant is I had to do a lot of loans and grants and, and that I, and that I just, I lived broke. And so, I mean, there was actually a time my sophomore year where, uh, where I had, I, um, I had to sell my blood to pay for food. What? Yeah. Wow. So at the time they wow. would pay you for blood donations. So I, what I had is I had, I had my, for six weeks, I had no money coming in <clears throat> and I, I, uh, I had my, my apartment paid for, so I had shelter, mm -hmm. but I had, I had just no food. I had zero food. And I didn't know how and where to go get any. So I went and I donated blood and they paid me $40 for it. And so I took that $40 wow. and I went and I bought $40 worth of ramen noodles, the, mm -hmm. the bricks, right? There's right. not the cool cups, like cup rich people there. have those, but, uh, <laughs> but oh, just cuppies? the, the, like, the brick ones, right? And so for six weeks, morning, noon, and night, I did nothing but eat ramen noodles. Um, wow. and, uh, it's a so, lot of sodium. Yeah, was well, well, was funny actually because the you know there's three flavors there's uh, the, the shrimp chicken and beef okay and uh, chicken superior by the way <laughs> it, uh, you're probably right but after like a week of it like there it's you're like it was just it was like turning the stomach just to eat it so what I actually started doing by the end and the other thing too is just the texture because what I would do is I would put stuff like mustard in it like anything to change the flavor oh. but then after a while I was like but I couldn't the texture was the same always so I started just eating them raw um just to just to put like carbs in my system you know so that I could get through um but I got through that right and so that was I would say that was probably when it was like you know when it was just beyond you know sort of 
not quite beyond poverty because I had I had my my apartment you know right. sort of paid up and for but but really subsistence level living with just nothing where if something gone wrong you know it's there's there wasn't really like a safety net for me and so yeah but but moved past that and you know whatever things got better and you know they're a lot better now when I moved here to to Livermore I didn't have any I said I didn't have a car I didn't have a I remember my my fiance and I at the time we um we took the bus so we could buy a beanbag because we like didn't have a couch you know <laughs> uh so we just had like just just nothing wow and uh anyway but but Livermore has been great to me and, and uh, the city of Livermore and Granada has been great to me. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's, they've given me opportunities that I, you know, I definitely nobody else was willing to give me. So um, it's been an incredible, uh, incredible set of blessings to be here and, and, and to work here. And I owe everything to, to this place and to the people here who sort of took a chance on me. Yeah. And so well, things are a lot better. Wow, that's an incredible story. Thanks for uh, sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to go back to uh, really briefly uh, your time in high school. You mentioned that, uh, you know, how reading has saved you. And you said you were an intelligent person, but you weren't a smart person at the time. Was there any teachers or anybody that recognized that from you? Yeah. So it's funny. Like a lot of teachers go into teaching because they, they had a teacher that inspired them. Mm. So I, there was one guy named Jeff Williams who, who was a teacher. He was actually the journalism teacher and I had him a little bit in English and you know, he was, I think the closest thing to that, you know, but I'll say, actually I didn't, I, I, my high school stuff, I wasn't especially enamored of education. And I was, I was in, I was in, you know, trouble like a fair amount, and I would argue with teachers and stuff. And I know, I know, it's hard to imagine me arguing. With people, <laughs> uh, and and uh, <laughs> you know, but I think that what what I didn't go into teaching because I felt like, well, I want to be this person that I I liked. Because most of the people I, I didn't want, I didn't want that. What I always felt like with education is that there was this incredible opportunity that wasn't being realized. And actually, I think it's always given me an outsider's view of education that's actually, I think, very helpful. Sure. Um, because I can routinely kind of look, not routinely, but I do have a penchant for looking at something and thinking about how to deconstruct it so that it, it more accurately reflects the point of, of what it should be doing mm. rather than just following the same old kind of, you know, just the things that we do that we've always done and don't really think about the, the general effect on, right. uh, you know, what's, whether it's heading towards the, the purpose or has the relevance that it's intended to have in the first place. Yeah. And I think that's because I came out of it. Like I just, you know, I felt like there's, there's potential here to education, but it's just not realized. Mm-hmm. And I want to be part of some kind of attempt to make that better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, uh, yeah. Asking another question here. Um, what would be one piece of advice that you would give uh, high school students now, or maybe something you wish you knew or understood about the world that could have been helpful for you in high school? Mm. <coughs> I, I, I think, I don't know if it's the best advice I give because there's a lot, a lot of it's just sort of based on your situation, but I would say in terms of education, the, the secret sauce is relevance. I mean, w- when I look at, you know, students that are successful in any, by any measure in high school or students that struggle, struggle to attain some, some measure of success. I, I, I think, I think the, all of the time it's boiled down to relevance, mm-hmm. you know, does whatever you determine that relevance to be, it just, it has to be generated by yourself. Nobody for students, nobody can determine the purpose of school for you. Like nobody, I know that parents will attempt to, right? And I, yeah. I get that. I try to with my own kids, but really it's a choice that every kid ultimately has to do. Why am I here? And it's, some kids will figure that out. Well, it's, it's for academic achievement, you know, or it's, it's, or it's to get to this position or this college, mm-hmm. or it's because of the opportunities 
for uh, you know through sports, right? Right. Or it's or it's because it's the place where I can you know play with a full orchestra. Or, or whatever, just that, whatever that thing is, but there has to be, or it's, or it's because, well, it's where I see my friends every day. Yeah. And, and, if, and, I, and I care about that, and I want to affect other people, and that can be okay, too. I think the students that struggle the most are the ones where it's like, I, I can't determine a purpose for this place. There's mm-hmm. just no relevance here for me. And that's a thing that we can't impose. We can, we can impose systems of classes and curricula and various you know guidelines to help or not help and support systems and we can do all that but i can't make a student see purpose where they don't see purpose so what i'd say in terms of advice is it's like be very just conscious of why you do this right what's what's the point to it because and if you don't then just you know work towards something that works for you i think granada has a no one can do everything at granada but i do think there's something here for everybody and and so determining the determining the why, and then we'll we'll find a way to help you with that. Right? Yeah, Not everybody yeah. has to go on. Nobody. I mean, we send kids to, you know, places like Stanford every year, but not everybody has to go to Stanford. Um, I do want every student to succeed at what they want to succeed at, and and I think we can do that. But they they just sort of have to determine the relevance to their education, and that's just a step they have to take on their own. Nobody else can do it for them. Yeah. Ooh. Good words. Did you hear that? HGs find relevance. Uh-huh. Find relevance for being here. Yeah. Maybe things will change. Yeah, and that could be a tough <laughs> thing too. I mean, it individuals is, yeah. can already have that drive or that passion or whatever it is. But and I agree. And I see students that find it at all sorts of different times. They might already have it coming in. Some of them find it in like the last trimester of their senior year. Right. And then they kind of <laughs> is like, oh, here it is. And then they they, and then they, they go sh- on from there. Yeah, and they find a ton of success. But I appreciate that finding making that relevance. Uh, as a huge piece in whatever you're doing. I like it. I like it. Well, we are rounding out to the final segment, which is our favorite. It's our favorite. It's our favorite. It is the quick fire round. We have 20 questions that are supposed to be answered quickly off the top of your head. I mean, you can think about them for a second. Um, These are the same 20 questions we've asked every guest, and uh, we'll kind of size you up and see where you land with everybody else. Um, Now, now I I have listened to this podcast, but... I admit I have not yet completed a podcast. Oh, and you haven't gotten to the end. No, I haven't. Oh. And now I, I really wish that I had heard these before. I'm so actually glad you give, haven't. So that I could give before I was good, slightly disappointed. Thoughtful answers, you know, something better and more clever and funnier. Oh, I pretty, think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. You're pretty quick-witted. You'll be able to handle this. Yeah. Are you ready for the quick fire round to start? No. We're going to do it anyways. All right, here we go. Yeah. Mr. Villa. All right, question number one. How many keys are in your keychain right now? Well, can I count? They're right here. Sure. You just want me to guess? Yeah, you can uh, guess. You can count. Well, most I'll, people guess, I'll, but I'll, you can. I want an accurate. Okay. We can hear Why? the jingling, too. <laughs> One, jingle, jingle. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. 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 Okay. Actually, it went, um, it went down when I went into admin because I got a master key. Oh, yeah. As opposed to having to have a key for my classroom and a key for the book room and a key for the gym and a key for the weight room and a key, you know. So follow up the keys. Can I have a master key? No. Okay. I tried. I don't, I don't want one. You Did don't you? want one. You don't want one. Did you know that Curtis Lilly has one or had one? Really? Yeah. When he was here on campus as a student, I guess he was just no, giving as a, a master. As a custodian. He was, oh, a, custodian. Custodian. <laughs> he was a custodian for the summer. Mm. Shaq and then he gave kept him a key. Yeah, yeah. And then he kept it. And yeah. I don't say I'm, I'm doing, I, it's not because I don't. I don't trust you, but you don't want a master, honestly. It's like they're they're and I'm, this isn't woe is me or whatever, but people routinely are like it stresses them out and like uh, they worry that they're gonna lose it. And I've had people who have them just lose their minds because they've misplaced it for a while because you know there is this 
when that happens, we have to like, well, what are, what's the likelihood that we now have to rekey this entire campus, which is a that's bad, like a thirty to forty thousand dollar proposition, and so. Right. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just, it's, I've seen it be very stress inducing for people. Yeah, you know, I had to ask, I had to ask, <laughs> uh, number two, favorite bagel flavor. Uh, so at Noah's, there's one that's called the cheddar jalapeno. Oh yeah. I like that one. And cream cheese, uh, flavor. Uh, so I'll, I go with chive often, okay. um, or the jalapeno salsa if I'm feeling Oh, there you go. Spicy. That one's spicy. Yeah. 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 I'll say really quickly, by the way, I, I, I much like, uh, you know, much like sorbet is much better than ice cream. I, I think objectively, savory bagels are better than sweet bagels. Oh, right? oh sure. Yes. Sweet bagels are gross. Like, yeah. it's, this is breakfast. It's not dessert time. Get it together. Get there, your life together. There have been multiple people who have said cinnamon raisin for this answer oh, or no. for this question, and I always give them a look like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, cinnamon raisin yeah, is it's gross. Yeah. Uh, question number three. Something new in your life right now. Mm, new as of when? I mean, you can go relative. You know, within the Just last recently, so I bought a new banjo. Ooh! I went. I have to. Um, so for some of my kids' athletics, I have to travel. And I went to St. Louis, and so uh, the uh, so I I I, uh, I play and I love the banjo. Um, California is not a a hotbed of <laughs> folk music and no. and uh, and you know and and uh, you know rare folk instrumentation, right? And so. Uh, so going to St. Louis, I sort of, Oh, you know, and I realized that they do have a store devoted to, to folk instruments. So while I was there, uh, I bought a new banjo, uh, and I'm, it's, and so that's, what's new in my life is I've been, I've been playing this banjo, uh, nonstop. Is it's it really significantly cool. better than your old banjo? Is yeah. it like worth the purchase? It is absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The tone of it is just, is lovely. I mean, honestly, it's really, really great. My, my other banjo is, it's a, a very serviceable banjo, but they're just, I don't like bore people with banjo, you know, minutia, but it's just, <laughs> there's some things I I didn't like. The action was very, very tough. So it was sort of really tough on my fingers. The, the tone was also very, uh, I don't know, sort of staccato. And this has more of a, like a ringing tone. That's really, really beautiful. So, uh, my new banjo is the thing that's new. About. Awesome. And a follow up to that is, uh, can you tell us about the riff you're making for your banjo teacher's song? For what? 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 Uh, L- Luther talked to me about this because I try I try to do uh, research, and he said that you were um, you were uh, getting banjo lessons, and and your oh. teacher was creating a song and asked you to to create a, a riff for it. Oh, he's got he's got he's kind of conflated two different stories there, but uh, so <laughs> that, Mr. that sounds about right. Yeah, so Mr. Mr. Fair. Uh-huh. Uh, has he, I don't know if you guys know this, but Mr. Fair just writes like a song every day. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so he wrote he wrote a song, and he he asked me what he's. It's been a project. He's asked people he knows that play instruments. Hey, will you write something and contribute to to my song? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he asked because he knows I play. He knows I play the banjo, so he asked me to do that. And so, uh, yeah, I, I listened to it and I, I wrote a thing for it. Actually, I actually sent it to him this weekend, like two months later than I was supposed to. Um, so I appreciate Mr. Thayer's patience, uh, yeah. with my tardiness, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going on there. So Luther, your son thought that Mr. Thayer was your banjo teacher. I'm, I'm, yeah, potentially. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how much he pays attention yeah, as a banjo teacher. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Mr. Thayer. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Uh, it, it's, and it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good song. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a, uh, Almost like a Bob Dylan pastiche, a little bit. Okay. That sounds very uh, Mr. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, but but he's but he plays guitar in it, and he plays he plays really great. He's I'll say by the way, I play banjo, but it's thoroughly approaching mediocre, right? <laughs> and uh, but Mr. Thayer is really really talented yeah, actually, and so is, he wrote a, a it's a good song. I was I was uh, I was uh, just uh, proud that I was invited and to be a part of that. So there you go. Uh, number four, favorite number and why. 
Uh, all right, so I'd say it changes. I would say right now maybe number twenty one. Okay, because that's my that's my uh, my daughter's number. Uh, okay. My daughter plays hockey, so I'm always looking for number twenty one on the ice. Got it. Uh, uh, at other times, um, it used to be a lot. I would re- really reference the number thirty nine. I don't totally know why. It was the it was the number of a Boston Red Sox player that I used to like in the eighties a lot, named Mike go. Greenwell. Um, but uh, so he was number thirty nine. So I would always sort of sometimes it would be like. You know, I don't know. It'd be like parts of various passcodes, passwords of mine from the 1990s, where like right. had some some 39 in them. Yeah. In multiple Did ways you have an AOL username with 39? <laughs> <in it? laughs> I might probably, yeah. Probably. Matthew Hart 39 <laughs> at AOL.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be those two. All right. Question number five: uh, How do you start your day? Do you have a morning routine? Mm-hmm. I'm not great in the mornings. I'll just say I really want to be a morning. This is the rapid fire round, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not very rapid. No, no, I feel no, like no. literally well, every single one of these is like a five-minute That's okay. That's dissertation. Okay. Favorite number and why could have been 39 because I like the Red Sox player. I mean, <laughs> but no, I'm going to give you a yeah. whole... Yeah, I'm not brief. Um, right, what, what were you what were Oh, uh, yeah, morning routine. Yeah, so I want to be a morning person, but I'm not. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I, I get up later-ish probably than I should. If I get up early enough, then I will do a workout of some sort. I'll either, I'll either run or, or, or uh, go to the, the weights place. Um, the weights place. The weights place, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a special place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I can, but I usually don't. I usually don't get up early enough to do that. So uh, I get up and then I will uh, make breakfast for myself and my kids uh, which is usually kind of frying up some eggs and throwing them in tortillas or something. There you go. Um, and then, uh, and so it's all. This is all. This is. I'm taking a long time for something that's, that's not going to equal the quality of this answer. But then I shower, <laughs> uh, and then I get dressed, and then I come here. Right. Can I tell you the the greatest morning routine we've ever had on the show? <laughs> yes, uh, Brad Morsoli. Mm. We asked him what's your morning routine. He said, "Oh yeah, I wake up at 4:30 or earlier, somewhere in that range." I, I drink a pot of coffee, and I have some sort of red meat, mm-hmm. like a hunk of, of tri-tip and a pot of coffee. Pro- probably raw. <laughs> Not surprised. And when he told us that, I was just like, what? <laughs> um, that does sound like Brad Morsoli. Right? It, it, it you guys I, don't, I didn't hear the Brad Morsoli podcast. And Brad Morsoli, by the way, this, this is a guy who who just an unbelievable contributor to this campus Absolutely. in ways that people just don't even like, you know, like you don't even know, but it's like you walk, like you walk into the gym, that pull up bar that was installed by Brad Morsoli. Like there's just all these little <laughs> things around here that were, that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for Brad Morsoli. We guy. had the, we had the tip to the line on, on not giving him recognition on the yeah. show because he would have walked out. Yeah. So, so last yeah. year I was able to finally, I convinced him to be the uh, rotary uh, the retired friend of education. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was a major like win for me. It very much like did things like sort of impress my bosses. And the way that I did it is I called, I called Brad and I said, "Look, this is the first. I go, this is the first of a yearly call I'm going to make, bothering you, inviting you to accept the award for the retired friend of education. You can stop this yearly call now by accepting it. <laughs> and and Brad, this is the year to do it because." It's, COVID. It, it's because because it's going to be remote, you know. Like the the award ceremony is going to be remote. Yeah, you know, every other year it'll be live, you know. And he goes okay, and so I'm so happy go. that I finally was able to. That's a win uh, to right recognize, there. Yeah, to, that he accepted the the recognition. All right, let's see how rapid fire we can really get going. Right. Here. <laughs> Number six. What is a fear of yours? Hmm. 
I'm going to say, I'll go first. I'll say, you know, all right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a fear. Okay. But I don't, I, I do not like spiders or clowns. Like I just don't like them. <laughs> That's a fear. But it's not. Like if I, I, a clown came into your house unannounced, you would be afraid. Well, oh, if that's that would be the same of anything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's just say. I mean, if a fair enough. If a lacrosse player came into my house unannounced, I'd probably also be like, "What are you doing here?" Uh, fair enough. No, no shade to lacrosse or anything, but uh, I, I don't. I don't feel fearful of them when I see them. Um, but my, you know, so like my heart doesn't beat faster and out, but I don't, I just, I don't like them. I don't, I don't understand. Clowns are like one of those things where I just, I don't understand why we're doing it anymore. Like it just <laughs> feels like this relic from the past where like, I understand this one's a thing and people liked it, you know, but I just, it's, it's, it's a, I'll be, it's a little bit like, I don't know. It's like beauty pageants. Like it's sort of, just, I, just, I don't know why we're doing them anymore. <laughs> it feels it feels like this this thing from the past where we should like really rethink it. Yeah. Um, and they're just, I mean, they're all, they're, they had that makeup. I just, they're just, they're all hiding something. Okay. Uh, and then, and then spiders, like nothing, nothing, spiders. nothing needs that many eyes. Like yeah. it's just why, <laughs> why are there so many eyes? Um, so I don't like that. And a more real personal, I fear, I, I fear nothing. And what I mean by that is not that I don't fear anything, but that I fear oblivion, right? Oh, like the nothing, just pure nothingness, yeah, right? I, I have this, running theory that like the opposite of good is not evil. The opposite of good is nothing like Ooh. no, nothing, no reason, no purpose, complete oblivion, insensibility. Uh, that's where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't not, right. not cool with that. That's why I don't like space. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just sure. this vast abyss. I don't, it, it freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number seven, do you have any nicknames or did you have any growing up? Uh, for some reason I had in middle school, people called me Hark. <laughs> like H A R K. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I sort of don't know why. Close enough. Yeah. Someone, someone thought you were Matthew Hark, and <laughs> maybe just or went they could read the T or something. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but it stuck. I moved after middle school, so there were only there were a couple people after when I came back. There's some people that knew me, and so I got that a little bit into high school. But it didn't stick there. <laughs> there you go. That's probably the closest I've ever come to a nickname. Number eight on a scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Well, uh, is eight the best? On a scale of one to ten. Did I say eight? No. I said number eight, yeah. Oh, oh number eight. Number eight is the question. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping <laughs> secrets? Ten being really good, one being terrible. I'm obviously a two at listening. <laughs> uh, but I'm a ten. I'm a ten at keeping secrets. And my job, I'll tell you, everybody on this, I know everything about everybody, okay? <laughs> everybody on here, I know That's something. Terrifying. I know, I know, I know things that just nobody should, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a burden, you it know? Yeah. And, uh, there's just things I can never, I don't tell, I don't tell my wife. Like, you don't just, even share with your wife? No, because oh. there's, they're private, they're private things, you know? And so it's, here I am with all of this stuff. And the weight I, of I secrets on your shoulders. Yeah, I, I, I can't and wouldn't share any of it, but it's like, I know, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a 10. Yeah. He's in there. I like that. Okay. All right, question number nine. Uh, a pet peeve of yours? Alright, so... Oh, here we go. <laughs> Alright, so let's just... You're at the donut wheel, okay? Where okay. I often am, because I love the donut wheel. Love it. And there's it's Saturday morning or Sunday morning, so there's a line, okay? You're behind somebody in line it's a 15, 20 minute wait. Cause that line's like out the door. Right. So you're behind this person. Okay. You wait the whole time. Then it's that person's turn and they get up to the door and they, and they go, what would you like? And the person goes, 
Hmm. <laughs> what have you been doing for 20 minutes? Yeah. It's right there. The donuts are always the same. You've had 20 minutes to think about what donuts you want. Like you see them all there in front of you. Use your time because I, I want to get out of there. I want my donuts and I want to leave. And you have not done your, get to the back of the line and rethink yourself when you rethink the donuts, when you're supposed to be the time to think about your order is not when you've been asked what to order? It, it's before that. So would it be worse if they said, "What's good here?" <laughs> like you wait in line. Oh, what's what, what's a good donut? That here? would be worse. I've just never heard that ever. I've never heard that a donut wheel, and that would be like a common restaurant thing. But it's a good it's a good like analogy, right? Yeah. Like people like hey, when the what you you take the time before the server comes to you to, to think to look at the menu and think about what you want. Only only people that don't care about other people <laughs> wait for the <laughs> server to get there and then pick up the menu and go, hmm, I don't know, you know? Like, I mean, I understand if like, it takes you a long time. I get that. Like, whatever, maybe you just need more time to look through it or you can't decide between two awesome things or whatever. But that's not what's going on here. The point is that you have not, <laughs> you have not, it's just so thoughtless. You have not, done what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to doing it you were doing nothing but just waiting in line you had there was nothing else to do except think about your order and you haven't done it now go to the back of the line <laughs> so i can order my donuts i wish i would have known your response so i could have told the listeners to turn down the volume a few <laughs> notches because no no that was the best was best pet peeve response just blew yes. like six airpods <laughs> <laughs> just ruined them okay we are at number 10 now. <laughs> we'll cool. get there. <laughs> Best or worst haircut ever? Uh, like that's been on my head or just in general? Uh, you can take it however you want to take that question. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm think, I, I, I would never deign to judge, like, let's say, uh, uh, you know, uh, a female haircuts, right? I just, that's, yeah. a, that's a whole, that's a world where I'm, you know, I don't, probably all of them my wife has had and I'm not, I'm not coming home to, you know, to make her <laughs> mad. So, uh, so I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with the more, the more sort of male or, or I suppose, you know, I don't know, maybe just masculine haircuts, I guess. Uh, so I, you know, I, I know people might wear them ironically or in certain parts of the oh, country. Yep, or whatever. Comes. Yeah. The, it, it's terrible. The mold the is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's bad. It's so bad. What about Hans mullet with the bangs? <laughs> Does That's that make bad. it better? No. no. I've it's seen bad. very, very few people that can pull it off. There's a couple that I'm like, okay, you can do that. But there's that. That's very few and far between. It's hard to think of somebody with a mullet that wouldn't look better with like just literally any other, <laughs> any other haircut. I'm um, really excited about question 11. <laughs> uh, you asked for best haircut, by the way. The, the best one is, is Afro. Uh, okay. I am so jealous you of, can't grow. I can't. Yeah. I have my hair is very, um, it's not thin in terms of density, but it's thin in terms of its texture. It's just like spider webs on top right. of my head. And I, I, w I wish I had, I wish I had curlier hair, I, you know, thick hair. I just, I think, I think the Afro, I, I genuinely think it's just that it's a great, really, really, I think it's a beautiful look. It, it I think nice. it's so great. I'm insanely jealous that I can never even approach that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the best. You did ask about best and worst. Right? Yeah, I said yeah. best or worst. Yeah. So oh, you gave well, us I both. Give you both. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. most extra credit. Uh, question number 11. If you had a yacht. What would you call it? Mm. I well, I, I I'd have to call it the Pequod. <laughs> Pequod? Yeah, the Pequod. Moby Dick reference. This is the this is the name of the ship in, in Moby Dick, and which is which is the it's the it's the best novel ever written. It's the most it's the best American novel ever written. It's 
it's an unrelenting masterpiece that just illuminates the mysteries of the universe. And you knew it was going to be literary. I had the gigs. There yeah. are many things I would call that if I were to open a shop, I would call it the Pequod. Like I would call anything. It's the the Pequod in that book is just it's a collection of the entire world and a celebration of the of the diversity of the universe on this floating <laughs> bark. And it's so it would have to it's it, I would have to call it the Pequod. It'd be a it'd be a it'd be a betrayal of everything inside of me if I were to call it anything else. You'd be let down with Curtis Lilly's response, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> That's, that's, I judge that. I judge Chris Billy's <laughs> response as inadequate. Fair enough. Uh, I number- can't remember if I had, I can't remember if he, if I had him in class. I remember Curtis from track. Right. Um, but I don't remember if I had him in class. If I'm going to go back and I'll tell you what, I'll go back and look. And if I find that I have based on that answer alone, I'm going to go back and lower his grade. <laughs> I like it. It changes grade. Attractively. Curtis is a avid Oh he, yeah, he's an avid listener of the show, so he's going to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll probably come find you and be like, "Please don't do that." Wow, good luck, Chris. <laughs> I love it. Uh, number twelve on a scale of one to ten, not eight. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Oh, I have like two. A two. Well, I gave up on. All right, okay, just, and this is maybe for all teachers. Okay, you're not cool anymore. Any teacher thinks any like a dole, like the second you're over. Second year, but second you have a, you know, like you're over 23, your, your coolness is gone. Like, give it up. It's over. This is, yeah, it's just, you can't, you can't do it. Don't ever aim for it. Uh, no, I'm like the, uh, the least, I'm the principal of high school for crying out loud. Like, I'm the <laughs> least cool member. Look at, just look at any <laughs> Disney Junior show and Why see, would how I cool, watch that? see how cool the principal is. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> They're not, you know. Like the moment you wear a lanyard around your neck, your coolness goes down. But but, he, he lost it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but even if I wasn't the principal, like I wasn't a cool teacher, like it's, it's just the striving after uh, coolness is a mistake because it's a futile effort. No, there's no adult that can really be cool. The older you get, and the more you attempt to do that, the sadder and more pathetic I think you probably become. And it's, <laughs> you really have to, you really have to like embrace your your uncoolness as a as like a just a sort of defining trait. You know, I mean. I'm up on my porch with my banjo and my copy of Moby Dick, and I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, cool. So you said that was a two? You said you were a two? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Or a one. That that matches your response. Or a zero. (laughs) Whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what brings me up to a two. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Numbers, they're all, numbers don't exist. (laughs) Okay. There we go. Yep. Sorry, JD. Just the fact that all math teachers have to recognize at some point is that, uh, numbers don't really exist. We can talk later. We pretend that. we pretend that they do, but they don't. <laughs> All right, question number thirteen: What's on your plate if you had one meal left to eat? Mm. Uh, I like a lot. I like to eat a lot of different things. I don't know. It'd be hard to really. It's a big plate. Feel yeah. free to throw throw anything on there. Yeah, eh, probably tacos. Tacos, uh-huh. yeah, sure. delicious. Not yeah. from here, from like the the valley. Um, all right. So I, I used, to, when I first got here, I was very critical of, of Livermore Bay area and, and Livermore specifically, um, you know, Mexican food. And, uh, because it was just very different from central Valley. And I just thought the quality wasn't, wasn't there. Um, uh, now that I've been here for over 20 years, you know, I really, I like, there's a, a lot and I don't know if the places have gotten better or I've just become accustomed to what right. I was not accustomed to right. before. But I think Los Coparales on, on first street is actually, is really good. And there's yeah. some other places that I'll, uh, that I'll head to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. so tacos. 
Uh, number 14, we have reached the would you rather stage of the questions. Mm-hmm. Would you rather... Can I di- tell everybody really quickly? So last... <laughs> remember uh, remember uh, last year when we had distance learning uh, and then we had... Uh, on Wednesdays, we had, we'd put in the would you rather questions. Yeah. So I wrote every I wrote all of those, right? Okay. Or at least I, I, I stole all of them from somewhere. Like I came up with all of them. And it's it was it was one of those things. Where like the first three weeks, I'm like, this is awesome. Like this is such a great idea. And about eight weeks in, I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's so tough. And I was like, eight weeks in, it's like the school year is like 36 weeks long. Why like, do I have to keep doing like, this? Like, why? What did I get myself into? <laughs> it's a bad idea. And it was uh, it was very difficult to come well, up. Well, let's see what you think of these. Okay. Number fourteen. Would you rather dine alone or watch a movie alone? Uh, watch a movie alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number 15, would you rather always hit a red light for the rest of your life or always get slow internet access after the sun goes down? Slow internet access. Wow. Yeah, you're not going to, you don't like those red lights. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, the internet, I I mean, I don't know. I'm old and I go to bed early anyway. I'm playing my banjo (laughs) at night anyway. What do I need the internet for? There you go. Good answer. Uh, 16, would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long and in great health? Oh, twice as long and in great health. Yeah. I mean, I'll make money and, you know, we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. Number 16. Would you rather win the lottery or, or sorry, number 17 jumped on. Would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or a Nobel prize winner? Put them in a predicament here. Gold medal. Really? In what, in what, uh, oh, what sport? sport? You're going to ask me now? Javelin. (laughs) He loves saying that. (laughs) I say it every time. I'm surprised you wouldn't say Nobel Prize in literature. Or, no? no, no. I mean, I I, res- I, re- I would respect that. I don't, you know. But you want a gold medal? Yeah, I mean, those, the, what it takes to get that is like, I mean, just a great, great athletes. The, the writer David Foster Wallace said that great, great athletes are like the new monks of our time. Like they devote their lives to that one the, thing. the perfection of this thing. You know, and it's it's really to the exclusion of of so of everything else, and it's it's a single minded devotion that for him was like reminiscent of like, you know, monks from the 17th century that would sort of devote themselves to prayer and learning, right? And so he said that, and that's that's uh, it's just amazing to me all, all the the level that um, Olympic athletes just what they do for themselves and how they devote themselves single mindedly to this to this thing is just, it's, it's amazing. So I don't even know what it would be. I mean, I, don't know. Some, on. I want, yeah, maybe that's, I mean, I was, you know, I, I, I was a sprinter in high school and my love of sprint, I mean, I always 200 meters, my favorite event. So maybe, maybe that, um, there's also stuff like it's like, there's things that you watch them do in the Olympics that are insane. Like have you ever, the luge, like if you're the luge is insane and it's, cra- it's, it's for crazy trap. pieces. It's it's, it's, yes. Like, it's just, it's the, just the skeleton you, luge. It's just you with a skate strapped to your bottom, yeah. hurtling down an ice slope at like eighty miles an hour. Yeah. It's wild, and so just to be able to do that. I mean, if I were to ever even just complete a luge thing, I would, I would never stop talking about it ever. So that would be, you know, that might be cool. I, w- I would like to get a gold medal in steeplechase, mm. not the javelin. Maybe both. <laughs> we have a we have an ex runner from Granada that competes at the steeplechase in in college. Oh yeah, yeah, Anthony Guerra. Um, oh yeah, he's a cross country runner. Yeah. And he, so he went to sc- uh, school and he I don't know if he kept doing cross country races, but they he he definitely got big into the steeplechase. I love it. Which is it's uh, a strange thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, number eighteen. We're almost there. Would you rather be four foot five inches tall or seven foot seven inches tall? Hmm. I'll go 
go seven foot seven, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. Must be tall. But, you know, either way it worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 19, would you rather babysit an uncontrollable crying baby for a whole day or have an unwanted house guest stay with you for an entire week? Oh, the, it would be the baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done that. <laughs> Dealt with the baby. <laughs> that Those is house the common guests. response, yeah. The house <laughs> guests, get out of my house, please. Yeah. Don't be here. That's a week. I, what's a in general time. how I feel about, like, you know, like, I guess, misbehavior in general is it's like, you know, like, say, let's say, let's say, and I don't, like, look, I think our, I think our students are amazing and 99% of everybody does great all the time. But we have, of course, we have misbehavior. But, but these are students and, like, children. So, like, there's always a reason. When you're an adult, you have no excuse. Okay? <laughs> you have no <laughs> you excuse. So, uh, I just, my, my patience leaves once, you know, a person has sort of gone from school. And so, I, a baby is like, that's all you can do. What else can you do? I don't understand that just the limitations create that behavior, but an adult, yeah, you can choose to not be a jerk. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, number 20, this is it. Mm. Can you tell me a secret? Well, I remember how, I remember how good I am at keeping secrets. Oh. Yeah, I was trying to catch you. Okay. So no? Well, I don't know. I'd have to think of one that would be <laughs> shareable, which I make it a secret. I feel, like, no. I feel like this is an attack on the, on the like, definition of the word secret. Well, I, would, I just like to see when people say, hey, I'm a 10, I, and I say, tell me a secret, and they go, oh, I got one. I'm, I'm always like, hmm, interesting. That's that's weird that you would. I just sort of feel like if anything that I would feel comfortable sharing with you here, I would have probably already shared with somebody else. So Therefore, it's, it's no longer like, a secret. It's not really a secret, and that's why I just I feel like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, Maureen, it, just, it really feels like you're trying to deconstruct the English language <laughs> here, and for an English teacher to do that... <laughs> I don't know. I may have to go back to when you were my student and, and, wow. and retroactively decrease your grade. Wow. Oh, wow. Look Man. at this. Punishment. I don't know if everybody listening knows this, but Mr. Marine was, was my student. Both he and Mr. Moore, uh, I had them in the same class back in 10th grade. Uh, sure I'm did. fond of telling everybody that they both looked exactly like the two guys in the movie Weird Science. <laughs> 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 but they were also both really great students. I, I would agree with all of that, <laughs> that I did look like a kid in Weird Science. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, well, we'll leave it on that. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hart, for talking to us. I think uh, you hold the award for longest 20 question quick fire round. It's called it's a quick fire always, round. It's my own gold medal. There you go. You win. You win. So top that, all the other people coming on the show. Um, Take that, Shaq. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, to our How long was Shaq? It was like 13 seconds. Uh, it was probably seven minutes. Yeah, he's quicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to all our listeners, the Horn Grabbers, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram, GLBH Podcast, and uh, make sure to listen this week so uh, you can be part of the final numbers to get us to a thousand, and then uh, look out for that slide whistle uh, when we celebrate uh, next week. Yes, sir. And uh, stay classy, be safe out there, and as always, uh, grab life by the horns. <laughs>